0: Do you want to talk about any specific plot lines or...
1: <laughs> I see what you're doing here. No, i kidding. Uh, um...
0: No spoiler. Welcome to the 321 Leon Podcast. My name's is Ashen. And I'm Evan. And we are two brothers that have recently rediscovered our love for LARPing. And so we decided to start a podcast to talk about it and speak to some people we know in the community and get some of their ideas and talk to them about different topics regarding LARPing. Currently, we are featuring the LARP Frontier Dawn. It's a fantasy, high fantasy genre LARP that takes place in eastern Pennsylvania, New Jersey area. Check them out at FrontierDawnLARP.com. And today we're going to be talking with Peter Rooney about lore. Uh, he's one of the guys on staff and he's written a lot of the lore of the world and kingdoms and different races and stuff. So, uh, Evan, when you think about lore as far as LARPing, what comes to mind for you?
2: Lore is always something I think is a little added bonus, like it's kind of the frosting on top of the LARPing cupcake. You know, you look through all the rules and you find a character you want to play, that's generally where I start. And you figure out what you want to do as far as combat, or social interactions, or crafting. But the lore is where you draw a lot of inspiration for backstory, and helps you to really get immersed into the game and its story. And luckily, we found a LARP that has a very rich, well-thought-out lore for most aspects of the game, I've found.
0: Yeah. I think uh, when we first started LARPing, um, I don't even know if there was such a thing as lore. (laughs) I'm sure there was, but I wasn't aware of it, you know? Right. Um, Because I just remember always flipping through the rule books and seeing all the skill charts and planning out a character... Um, so, if there was a lore section, I didn't really pay much attention to it. Alrighty, we're gonna listen to the interview I did with Peter and uh, enjoy. All right, joining me right now is Peter. Um, why don't you introduce yourself, and then uh, we can get started with some questions?
1: Hey, I'm I'm Pete. Uh, I'm a trustee with Eternal Pizza Party Productions, um, which is a yeah, their based charity that uh, does kind of third party fundraising. Uh, for a multitude of charities that we support and we also kind of are trying to give back to the nerd community. Um, I'm also one of the plot staff at Frontier dawn, which is our um, flagship game for internal pizza party and I am also the everyman for weird, which is the game that uh, one of our other games that i I myself created and sold pretty much solely so cool. I, I've been into i in the nerd community and nerd culture for. I know, since I was a kid and started with playing second edition D&D and the basement with my dad mm-hmm. and friends and start LARPing until about three years ago now, four years ago now. It hasn't, it hasn't been a long time. In the grand scheme of everybody that I have spoken to in the course of, of LARPing, I am a baby, apparently. So, <laughs> sure. so that, that's, uh, that's kind of like a brief summary about, about me. Um, I'm, yeah, I mean, I, everything in the nerd in the community, I do I'm part of the speedrunning community um, LARPing, um, tabletop board games, the whole nine yards. So
0: cool. Thanks for sharing all that. Um, you seem like a fast learner or you pick it up. Well, um, I never would have guessed that was all the longer you'd been LARPing based on the, you know, just our one event.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I just kind of see it as like an extension of D and D, you know, um, that's kind of how I entered it. And, you know, when I first started, I still felt silly. (laughs) <laughs> as yeah. everybody does and i anyone who wants to start larping i go they'll be like oh well i'm worried i'm like don't ever feel silly because everyone else is doing the same thing around you and no one's going to judge you because you can be as ridiculous as possible and as outlandish as you want it to be and no one will ever judge you for it right so that that's how i got my mindset it's like i was like it's like playing a character just you're actually playing that character
3: right yeah
0: do you think i mean based on your experience that's kind of the progression or the stepping stone they start with um tabletop gaming or maybe video games and then they find out about larping rarely the other way around right
1: i can't speak for everybody of course but i know a lot of majority of people that i know um started with tabletop and they kind of progressed mm-hmm. uh, i kind of just dove right into buffer larping
3: uh mm-hmm. a
1: good deal of people that i know um people you like when you speak to josh um or some other people in the community you'll find out that they started with part larps like vampire the masquerade and things like that Okay. Um, actually, I'm now getting to that now. So I did the buffer LARPing, and now I'm starting to get into the, the part LARPing where it's just, you know, not So But I think that, yeah, uh, Dungeons & Dragons is a really natural segue. The two things that I've found that the majority of things that people kind of segue from is Dungeons & Dragons. I go, well, my 10th level fighter can do this, but I could actually just be that 10th level fighter and dress up and and kill, you know, monsters that are actually dressed up, and being in the experience and doing everything, um, it's kind of a natural step, I feel. Um, sure. a, a lot of people are people who are into theater and stuff like that, believe it or not. Oh, right. I, yeah. I, and they find it that way, because, like, they're like some some theater groups, like, when you go and, like, search online for, like, theater groups, you mm-hmm. actually find LARPs, and you'll find, um, you find LARPs, and you'll find, like, like, Parlor LARPs, like Vampire the Masquerade, under theater in, like, in, like hangouts, not not hangouts, meetups, and stuff like that. So that's actually another facet that I've actually heard of, people getting into it that way. Um, and then the third option, actually, is something that I found recently is that people who know LARPers but have never LARPed before. Um, some people have never tabletops before have just jumped into LARPing. Like my girlfriend, I know a, a lot of people who have actually come to Frontier Dawn and things like that have never LARPed before, and they've never tabletoped before. And they're cool. just like that. Looks like a cool thing, and yeah. So it's it's kind of it's kind of. I feel like now is a really good time. Uh, really, one of the the more heydays of warping is. Some people tend to disagree, but I think that now <laughs> it's becoming a little bit more mainstream and acceptable to to be a LARPer as nerd culture becomes more acceptable.
0: Yeah, no, I think I would agree with you. Yeah, much more common to, uh, you know, do these kind of things. You know, with sort of the rise of things in media like the Lord of the Rings movies probably earlier on and things like big bang theory and shows like that, that mm-hmm. became popular and people start to hear about these things. And, you know, it's less common that you'll encounter people who don't know what D and D is or a lot of video games or something like LARP. Uh, it still feels a little bit on the fringe, maybe just in my own world. <laughs> like it, it is kind of like,
1: Oh no, absolutely. A
0: little deeper into it than necessarily, um, even D and D or whatever.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's still fringe and it's still kind of frowned upon. I guess like, that's a if that's a good word for it. Um, but it's getting there, more acceptable. There's people who have mm-hmm. seen movies like Knights of Badass them, or oh yeah, models, mm-hmm. and they go and they've never tabletops or anything like that before. And they go, that looks cool. I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. And that is one of, one of the more facets that people were interested in warping So like, that looks awesome. I want to do that. But then they get. Like into like they get to actual larping, like damn, that's not really what's that like.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: cool. Uh, well, do you have a um, a favorite kind of larp that you have done? You said it was three, four years you've done it now.
1: Uh, in terms of genre, or yeah. Um. So I like, got. I started. Um. You don't mind if I t- name other games, do you? No. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so I started by a game called. I won't badmouth anybody because that's not my style. But sure. I started with a game called Viridian Chronicles*. Okay. That now exists. Uh, they're called Chronicles of Ronan. Uh, they're a okay. steampunk game. Oh, cool. Um, they're cool. It's a super dark steampunk, which is very unique. Mm. Um, not very common that you see. Um, and the lore is really cool. Um, I just, I, I just kind of fell out of it. Um, the steampunk thing is really cool, but I think I, I'm just a little steampunked out. Um, but I, then I went and played a game Fageland for a few years, which is, which is, um, which is just straight up high fantasy. Um, but nowadays, since I actually run a high fantasy game, um, I need a break sometimes. <laughs> so yeah. I, I have PC'd once, but I tend to go back when I, when I get time uh, at a game called Dead Legends, which is actually Weird West,
3: hmm.
1: which is like Deadlands, the, the tabletop. Okay. Um, and I had a blast there. And uh, that, so I guess if I had to pick a favorite LARP setting that I've played, it would be Weird West. Mm hmm. If I had to pick one, my favorites that hasn't been done yet, I think there hasn't been a good urban fantasy boffer larp. I would love mm. to see one.
0: Very cool. Uh, well, how did you get connected with um, Eternal Pizza Party and Frontier Dawn?
1: Is that we are, we actually are um, me, Josh, Danny, you know, uh, Jake, Brittany, Joe, Felicia, all those Tiff, Pat, everybody. We are actually all friends in real life, and we're very good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so. When um, one of the games we played died, uh, we were like, well, what do we do now? So, yeah, so it's kind of like, well, what do we do now? That game, right. you know, what do we do? Where do we go? Uh, so we say, well, let's we'll start our own. Well, cool. Well, we didn't want to be one of those games for profit. Um, not that those are bad. It's just that that's not what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So we're like, well, you know what? Let's let's start a charity. Let's, let's give back to the community. And that's kind of just where it went from there. And uh, it was it was really cool. And then Frontier Dawn came out of that, which has been amazing. Um, but Eppi, that's how it has started to an extent. There's a lot more to the story. Uh, it's really cool. There's you know it's been it's been a ride, and it's been over a year now, and we've done a lot of amazing stuff for the community. We there's a lot more that we're going to be able to do um, mm-hmm. in the coming years, and we're really excited that we we get to give back to the community that 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 has um really made a difference in all of our lives so it that's it's a it's a real blessing uh but yeah mm-hmm. that's kind of how i got involved in it. Is that we we're all friends and said let's let's do our own thing and let's give back to the community that we're all a part of
0: that's awesome yeah no that's um one of the things i really liked just when i first found out about it and started looking into it um i noticed that right away and it stood out to me i'm like oh it's nonprofit, it's charity mm-hmm. um so that was you know, super appealing to me at least. Um, and then it, I was, you know, amazed when I got there and the production value and everyone's commitment level and enthusiasm and, um, just the creativity and talent involved. Um, you know, I, I've seen for-profit things that were not nearly run as well. You know,
1: I really appreciate that. Cause like, I think that kind of, um, it it kind of gives us like an edge, I guess. Like not like an edge in the terms of like, haha, you know, this is our business advantage. Uh, but when you know that you're doing it for something that can benefit someone, I feel that that's our drive. Right. Like at the end of the day, we go, are our are, are players having fun, and are we benefiting the community? And, and we are, are we enhancing the community? If the answer is yes, then we're doing our job. So I feel like like we want to go big and go go because we're doing this for for a charity, which is HopeLine, which is what Frontier dons. I'm not sure if you were familiar with HopeLine or um, I don't know because that's that's Frontier Dawn's charity that we sponsor. Okay, uh, which is um, suicide prevention. Right. Um, HopeLine is where you can sponsor. Uh, we sponsor um, people to go through the trading program to become suicide prevention uh, hotline operators.
0: Oh, that's
3: cool. Uh,
1: yeah, so that's Frontier Dawn's charity. But I think that what you said, and it really means a lot to us because we, uh, I mean, um, not I, a little biased because I am staff there, but seeing <laughs> the hard work of my fellow staff and how much they really put their heart and soul into it. Um, and because we get nothing out of it, you know, monetary, we just do this just for the, just for the benefit of giving back to the community and, and, and charity. Um, mm-hmm. All their hard work and their dedication is just inspiring.
3: Yeah, no, um, I, see, I totally agree. It's
1: really, it's really humbling to see um, that I get to be friends with people who dedicate so much of their time to to benefit others.
0: Awesome. So, yeah. Cool. Let's. Um, so you mentioned. I forget. You have to remind me how you put it. Um, you're a plot staff, or
1: so in French Dawn, Like we kind of do have departments. Okay. But we all kind of like involve ourselves in a lot of different things. Like there. A lot of the plots that have gone on this year, <clears throat> um, have had a lot of hands in them. Right. Uh, Danny, who isn't technically a plot member has her own plot line. Like you, we don't go, well, this is the plot staff. If they get the way, once you get their plot lines and that's it, um, the creation of the world and the creation of the history of the world has multiple f- facets to it because so many people had their hands in it.
0: Right. I mean, that's often the case with any small business, nonprofit work. You know, yeah. You kind of, everybody's sort of helping out where they can, and
1: yeah. So, so I, uh, but I mostly do plot. Cool, because I know where I know where my strong points are, <laughs> and it's not it's not rules.
0: <laughs> oh, I see. Um, do you have like a writing background or anything like that, or are you just like doing that kind of stuff, or?
1: Um, I mean, I I have stuff that I'm working on, like book wise. Um, but uh, I've been writing for y- for years. Um, I've, I've been a DM for years. Mm-hmm like I was always you know like when you're when you when you're playing in a role playing group with like your friends everyone's like ah, do I have to dm I was always was like guy like no no no, no. I want to do it I want to I want to dm I want to do that I always enjoyed uh, making worlds yeah. and, like as a kid I would just sit and like make fantasy worlds
0: That was awesome cuz
1: I, I would draw maps and stuff like that like that was my excitement like it was it, like, I didn't want to write stories about single people I wanted to write worlds
3: mm.
1: but um so no I don't really have a true writing background per se but like I've been doing stuff like this for for a long time
0: sure oh yeah that is your writing background then right
1: (laughs) yeah i guess so yeah you're made for it uh yeah i guess that's
0: cool um let's uh catch us up a little bit or you know someone hadn't heard of frontier dawn they're like oh what's going on in that game how would you kind of summarize what's going on or give them a quick spiel of what's happening
1: That's that's an awesome question that's actually really good so yeah so let's just go through the idea of frontier dawn so frontier dawn is about it's a high fantasy game. Um, so there is a continent where all of the countries currently live. Um, there's a variety of kingdoms. Um, they're all mixed races um, because we... Um, there's a little bit of side tangent, but I just want to preface this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to make a game where you didn't feel uncomfortable being from a country because of your your character race. So we made it more politically aligned. So it's more about your political out- affiliation than what you are, per se. It's not who you are; it's where you're from. Okay. Uh, So, like, when I know me and you have had this discussion side, like, you know, like, where would an orc be from? When the answer is kind of anywhere, and it's all that's going to flavor your character. Mm -hmm. Um, But going forward, um, resources start to run thin on this on this continent. Um, It's it's not getting easy. A lot of bad things happening, um, like Dreoc, which is a country. Um, that is, every night, um, creepies and monsters come out of the, 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 the woodwork and attack people, and they have to hide in their homes at night. Um, uh, in Azrak, which is the home of the dwarves, they um, I, like a bunch of things like infected their people and have like turned them against each other, and like they had to flood their entire kingdom with the lava. So they're stuck on the surface, and they don't know how to handle this. Um, so you have things like that. Resources are getting thin because there's more people, you know, because with any sort of, you know, increase of technology level, the population is going to increase. So and conflicts running high. There's some countries that are a little more antagonistic towards each other. So they um, they found a new world. Um, So they organized an expedition between all the countries and it's headed by what's called the Wanderfoot Expedition. Mm -hmm. Um, And they went and started a colony in the new world. A new continent. Uh, sorry, yeah, new, uh, yeah. I say new world, new content, but new content's a better option because people are going to go new world. Is it like Mars or something? Right. Uh, but yeah, so they go to the new content. Um, they've discovered a lot of crazy things. They've met with things that aren't making sense, like there are races on this on this continent that exist in the old continent. They're like, well, how do they get there?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they're meeting with like tribes. Um, it's a very sword and sorcery mixed with. Um, like frontier style, I know it's called frontier Dawn, but it's like frontier mixed with like sword and sorcery style, which is a lot of our, our of what a lot of what we enjoy is sword and sorcery. Um, so they found that the dead come back, like when people die in the old continent, they stay dead, uh, In the new continent they come back. Mm-hmm. Um, they've discovered cannibal cannibal bobbins. Uh, bobbins are like our version of hobbits, sort of. Um, they've discovered you know dinosaurs. Um, they discovered. Um, uh, like a lot of tribal, they've like undead are everywhere. Every there was a thing called the mist every night, uh, where this mist came out and brought the undead with them every night. Um, they stopped it the, the first event, um, so it's kind of been them exploring it and piloting it, and they're kind of getting a, a pushback. Um, they 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 feel and they have gotten the idea that there's something out there that is smart and intelligent and organized, and it wants them dead. <laughs> So that's kind of where the things are going towards the, the, the end of this year. They've, they've established a town. They've named a town, which is called uh, Port Harmony. They've you know they've, they've encountered tribes, and they've kind of um, made rapport with some of these tribes. Um, they've defeated a ton of enemies. Um, they defeated those cannibal bobbins. They defeated a giant. which They rode on a giant tri- Triceratops. <laughs> uh, we actually had a Triceratops costume oh, awesome. in, in, in March. Yeah, it was really cool. There's pictures on, on the thing. Um, they defeated Merodeck, which is this, this giant worm creature that burrows on the ground. We actually made, like, a 10-foot-tall worm creature that, like, was – it, it's cool. <laughs> it, Josh and his friend – or our friend – Josh and a, 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 another person called Jake Levine, they made it, and it's a really beautiful thing. I've never seen one of those things before. Um, they've fought a, a bunch of things. So now, uh, a lot of the plot lines coming to the head for the year. Um, Like I said, they're starting to figure out who the main bad guy that they're kind of probing against is, um, which may or may not be something coming soon. There might be more pieces of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a small, some smaller plot lines going on. Um, I have one that goes along with like nature. I have another one going on with this, uh, this sea witch that she calls herself Typhonia. She calls herself. She calls herself a god. Whether it's true or not is, is remains to be seen. <laughs> um, there's a plot with like you know these strange puzzles. Um, there's there's a lot of cool fast, and smaller plots, but the big, I will say the big November was this coming event is going to be a big bang coming back from our little hiatus, even though we had the one day. And then November is our last event, and that's going to be the big wrap up to the year. Right? And people. Um, Without spoiling anything, I say the world will, the world will not be the same after that event, and people's viewpoints of how the world is will not be the same after that event. Oh, wow! So, yeah, I'm certainly we, enticed. We, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope so because we, we set we we set a framework for the year, and we like this is how we want things to go. But of course, like we are totally open to the possibility of, of players changing things because we are a huge fan of the of uh, player agency. Mm-hmm. So if the players change the plotline, which they have done before things have happened where we didn't expect it changes the way the game works awesome. because that I, as a, as a player, people who person who has been a player before, um, I like that. Mm. And I think that that's something we wanted to do when we made the game. So awesome. I hope that answered the question, right?
0: Yeah, no, that was great. Good summary. Um, and it was kind of a nice transition into my next question which was, which was going to be, um, you know, is it more the staff as a plot that they set in motion or Can the players affect it? Um, How much of that, you know, where's the 50-50 on that? Or, you know, I think some games are, like, totally player-driven. Like, they don't even come up with plot, really. Um, And some is like, this is the module. This is what you're running. See you next week, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it it depends. A lot of it depends on the player, you know? For me, you could run. Like, you know how people call railroad? You know, you you railroad somebody. You can have a railroad that's fun. And I call that Tunnel of Fun. You can have that. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I've played, I've PC'd D&D games where it was a Tunnel of Fun. And I felt railroaded, but it was still a cool, really cool ride. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that it's close to where we have is 50-50. Like we have, this is the, the plot outline, and this is what may happen every month, but it totally can change uh, based on player interaction. And I could say as there are things that will be happening or have happened that actually have influenced the future. Um, there are player player interactions with things like tribes and things like that that will affect the future and will affect that interaction with those tribes going forward. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of first contact, you know, how you behave towards these people when you first meet them, mm-hmm. as it would be encountering any new civilization.
0: Right. And that's something I think that's a beauty of, um, you know, LARPing with other people. You know, it's similar to like a and campaign um, versus, you know, a video game or something where everything's just kind of set and you're like you said, either railroad, even its open world, you know, you're not going to encounter anything that's not in the game, but a monthly LARP game with humans, <laughs> uh, yep. you know, it's constantly evolving. You can shape it to who's coming that week. Um, you can shape it depending on how something went. You didn't expect it. You know, has there been anything that's been like a pleasant surprise? Like you kind of went in expecting this thing and it turned out maybe even better or than you thought was going to happen.
1: Um, so a few things I would say. First is we when we made the races, there are a few races we weren't sure a lot of people were going to play, and Obake was one of them. And now I would say fifty. Which
0: races, is what for people who don't know. Uh,
1: sorry, uh, Obake are okay. are um, they are um, animalistic humanoids, sort of. They are mm-hmm. where they were once people. According to the tale, they were once people who were animal masks, and they're very haughty and fool themselves and as punishment they were turned into what their mask was um, so they're very they're they're based on Japanese culture they come from a, a nation called Yomi, and they have different animal masks that look like um, kabuki uh, masks and things like that like mm-hmm. that was one of the races where like maybe there are a few people who kind of would jive with that because they like that because there are a lot of people who like to, to role play that stuff um, but didn't think it was going to be as like almost 50 percent of the game <laughs> yeah, um it's a popular one. Yeah, so from the, two, what I hear. The, the two most popular races that we have are Bobbins and Obake. Um, and Bobbins, as I said, are like our version of uh, Hobbits. Right. The, the one race, I, like my races, I knew people weren't going to play as much because they're, they're high makeup. So we, you are the first one in game. You were the, the first orc. So <laughs> you were the first orc to come into the game um, since the alpha, which is pretty cool. Um, and we now we have three dwarves, so I'm kind of getting happy that people are playing the races that I've made. But um, we also have um, one or two. We have one wishling, which is um, they are these like kind of scary looking, um, strong, almost like if I had to compare them to like a, a race that people would might recognize, it's like almost like Klingon esque. Oh, okay. Um, they're very proud. They're very strong. They they hunt monsters and they wear their bones. And when I mean monsters, I mean like kaiju-sized monsters, like godzilla size and they kill them, and they skin them, and they wear their bones and all this stuff. Um, they're super hardcore. And then we, now we have a few, we have one or two Jin, um, which are, um, they are M- Middle Eastern, Romani-ish themed. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, um, they wear, like, a, almost like a mandala on their, on their head, and they have, um... They're really cool. They're very nomadic people. They're you know a very matriarchal society. They're really cool. Um, and then we have humans, which is a good amount of them. Um, we have um, wormkin, uh, which are um, which kind of unique actually. They are so we have dragons in the game. So people, what people think, they no one have no one has ever seen a dragon other than the wormkin. When a dragon comes to re- to, to 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 regenerate. Um, they lay a clutch, and the clutch is the clutch guardians that protects the dragon while they're sleeping. Um, the clutch guardians are wormkin. so mm-hmm. they're like drag, uh, bipedal dragonoids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when the dragon leaves, they well, the dra- wormkin are like, well, now you're on your own. So they have Wanderlust, and they leave where they were born, and they just kind of go find where to live. So that's that race, and they're pretty cool. We have a few of those.
0: And what's cool to me is, um, and maybe this is obvious, but all these races you're describing have pretty in-depth lore and backstories, um, in the race themselves. And then also like kind of the main kingdoms they're from have like a lot of details and stuff you guys have put into. Um, so definitely people who are in that kind of stuff, learning about a new world and what sets them apart or what they're, you know, what you can kind of expect from certain kingdoms and stuff. Like it's, there's a lot of detail and it's obviously like clearly been a lot of work put into it. Um, which I kind of I can I'm definitely into sometimes Um, Mm -hmm. every now and then I'm like yeah I just kind of want to play and like feel like I'm winning or whatever but I always try to take a step back and make sure I'm trying to role play well and Mm -hmm. you know keep things uh, on point as far as lore and you know however that world is Um, and a lot of them um, like you kind of mentioned there like you can kind of shortcut it by saying it's similar to this culture in the real world, you know, um, like the orcs are Mongolian or the Yomi or Japanese culture. So you can kind of, you know, make that shortcut or connection in your mind. So you have a starting point. It's not like something you got to totally figure out new.
1: Yeah. We didn't, we wanted to avoid things like, I don't want to, I'm not going to call out any larks, but and it's not just LARPs. It's, um, uh, it's role playing games. Mm-hmm. They'll take this country, this is every single Asian culture known to man all in one country. You know, it's mm. China, it's Japan. We wanted to avoid doing that. We wanted to go, if we were going to have a culture, cultural analog to a country, it's one. So like, like Yomi's Japan, oh,
3: cool.
1: you know, uh, the orcs are, are Mongolia. I did throw a little bit of, of, native American in there, but not a crazy amount, but they are mostly Mongolian. Uh, like third comes Germany. We have Il Parande, which is like Renaissance, um, Spain mm-hmm. or Italy. Sorry you know um you know we wanted to make sure that we weren't um we're honoring the we're kind of honoring the cultures that we're basing them off of not trying to bastardize them and mix them together and all that stuff right making a frankenstein (laughs)
0: that's cool that's funny i was um when we started talking i started actually learning a little bit about mongolian culture and (laughs) you know what does what does a dress look like yeah it was like i was like what It was kind of a i was learning real world stuff (laughs) because i wanted to know more about what was based on or so i could have it right in the game it was also like learning it in real life so Mm -hmm. a little side educational (laughs) thing for myself yeah it was
1: really cool when i went to make a lot of these like when i went to make the orcs and stuff i actually learned a lot it was like i'm like "Hmm, i actually didn't really know this stuff so it was actually kind of a cool learning experience at the same time so yeah i totally could see that like you go and want to learn about the orcs or whatever. And you're like, hmm, they're kind of based on this culture and you just find things you may never not have known. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, this is also a good transition. So, um, talk a little bit about where you, uh, tend to get some like inspiration from like, uh, whether it's coming up with the world or the plot lines in the game. Um, is it, are you, do you try to be super original or you liked something you saw and you adapted to the game? How, do, how does that work for you?
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, uh, be a little br- blunt here. No one is original, right? No one is original. It's just a fact. Nothing new is under the sun. Um, very rare these days that you're ever going to find anything um, original in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, you do, but I feel that it's not more originality than it is taking something that exists and t- spinning it on its head. Right, uh, and that's kind of things that that's what I like to do. I do. I try to be original. I really do. And there are things that I will say that are kind of original, but a lot of it is. I like to take pieces of things that don't belong together and put them together. Hmm. That's cool. Um, and I so, um, Ockel, just example, something that I wrote. Um, it has a lot, it is purely Ar- uh, Ireland, and Scotland. It's not England. It's, it's not well, well, it's a little Welsh, but it's Ireland, and Scotland, it's Celtic culture. Um, I, then I threw in a little of like, um, Almost Eastern European mythology and 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 stuff because the witch they have something that's similar to Witchers. Okay. Um, so they have the fiadane which are people who are in, imbued with witch with witch witch like magic and with chemical substances, and it turns them into these like super monster hunters. So they are like Witchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to be around the bush and say that yeah, I'm totally original, you know. Right. Um, but they are similar to Witchers. So I kind of took two things that you wouldn't have thought that kind of to witch, which is Celtic culture and the Witcher series and kind of mix them up a little bit. Um, no, that's cool. The, d- the dwarves are actually a little bit of like your normal uh, Tolkien-esque dwarf um, tropes, and actually a lot of their um, religion and a lot of their uh, societal structure and holidays and all that stuff actually are based on ancient Judaism. Mm. So that's another good explanation. I take some stuff that like are, are not really found Take uh, it together and kind of mix it up. Um, and then with the game that I wrote, which is weird, um, there's a lot of different genres that kind of got flipped on their heads. So, I, and I also like to take ideas and kind of make them opposites. Um, it's kind of like a George R. R. Martin thing that he does. So, I, I guess I'm not being original there either because <laughs> it's something he does too. So, um, that's funny. Yeah. So, that, that's that's kind of where I get a lot of mischief. Sometimes I will see something and I go, that's cool, um, but I don't want to steal that. Uh, I want to make it my own. Right. Because, I mean, writers do that a lot. Um, you, all writers have their influences. Um, Stephen King has Richard Matheson and H.P. Lovecraft. You know, George R. R. Martin had Robert Jordan and, you know, Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. So, you know, everyone's got their inspirations their, and their ideas and that they've taken. And I think that's kind of cool about writing and how writing will always progress. And it's kind of almost close to how oral history um, is continued. You take pieces of what was in the past and you integrate it into what you you, you do. And I think that actually makes the writing get better and better because all the cool stuff is getting melded together. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of like also a good thing that people, people might do something like that.
3: Yeah. I
0: heard once, um, I was trying to remember how it, how I heard it put, but it was like, you don't want to copy, but you don't have to worry about being that original or or like, you don't have to, you want to be unique, but not original, like meaning don't just copy, but. Don't worry about if it's kind of been done or whatever. Like,
1: so. uh, that's that's actually perfect. That's actually kind of what I said, just way less convoluted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, nah, you you put it you put it well, and had some good examples. Do you have uh, a favorite storyline or plot line, um, whether in this game or other games you've played? Hmm. A favorite, or just like a cool, memorable one?
1: It's hard to say for Frontier Dong because a lot, of, none of our plot lines are finished yet, so. Um, a lot of the ones that I have now are kind of my favorite because they're like, but there are a lot of the ideas that went into Frontier Dawn of things that have been cooking in my brain for a long time and never had a use for them. Um, oh, that's cool. yeah. So like the doors in Frontier Dawn are something I actually wrote and they've just kind of been sitting. And then we, when we made the game, I was like, cool, I have all this dwarf stuff I wrote. <laughs> and I, you know, so, um, the, there are, so I will name some things that I, I, I enjoy writing for. And uh, um, I'm excited for the stories to be told. And then there, I'll tell you about some of the plot lines that other people are running that I actually really like. Um, so I like the, I, the druid stuff that I'm working on, which is nature plot. Um, I'm really excited for the story that's going to tell. Um, the dwarves, when people start getting to the dwarf stuff, that's um, interesting. The orcs, not, just to give you a little tease, they have a very cool, deep backstory and war. That I cannot wait for you and other people to explore. I'm mm. um, super excited about that. that. <laughs> um, and then um, a, there's some, some deep stuff about the game that that I worked on. That when people uncover them, um, there's a lot of uh, without spoiling anything. Again, um, there is in the war of the game. There's a lot of very heartbreaking, gut wrenching stories to be told. Um, and I <laughs> hope that people have the same emotional reaction that did de- that writing about them that we did writing them because it's silly I mean I, I guess it's not silly but there are times where we've written some things for the game as a group which is a lot of how our ideas are made and we've sat and like you could see like tears because we're like that's that's horribly depressing but it's a good story mm-hmm. um and uh, there's a lot of themes to the game that I, I can't wait for people to explore because uh, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be I could say that in the next few years of the game are gonna be a wild ride and people, once people start revealing, more and more of the game's layers, um, you're going to see that, and it's going to be really cool. Um, as for player storylines that i have really, really um, – because I don't want to just talk about my stuff. Um, <laughs> because we have – uh, there's a multitude of talented people that, that play or that run the game. Um, Danny has a story plot line that's going on um, that's really cool, and, like, the, the lore implications of it are pretty kind of cool. Um, uh, you know, um, Josh just uh, – it's not over. Um, but Josh has had a cool storyline It has to do with the Fae, um and their history and things like that. That's going on. That's really, really, um, really awesome. And it's been really cool to see it played out because I've actually NPC'd a lot of those mods just hanging out and getting to see them unfold.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's really cool. Um, but, I mean, honestly, if I as cheesy as it sounds, everybody's plotline's my favorite. Um, I thought it just- was super... It's, they're super talented. Like, mm-hmm. As, I, I know it's biased because they're my you know they're my team with me but they are some of the most they are the most talented people I've ever had the opportunity to write with
3: mm-hmm.
1: um like I said a lot the story the story of the of the game um like from beginning to end of how the world began and how the world became the way it was and, and the, the the stories that people are going to find is team effort um and it's you will see that and you will see a lot of talent and I can't wait to see people to, to experience it
0: no, that's awesome. Yeah, and I would totally agree. Um, again, I don't know if I'm biased because I, you know, went and attended some part of it. But no, that was definitely one of the things I noticed right away that there was a lot of talent behind the people running the game and people involved. Um, in a lot of aspects, whether it be the writing, um, the role playing, even just like the acting and people, it seemed like you could tell they were using kind of their real world skills and talents to like bring the game to another level. You know, people that were sick could sing, could sing people that can act were acting really well. Um, There was a lot of little things that added up and made things really memorable um, with like effects like the fog machine and music and things like that.
1: Oh yeah. We, Josh is, Josh is kind of the forefront of that, of bringing like the special effects. Like we've got a ton of lasers, (laughs) a ton of fog. We always want to go big, um, I can, I can tell you the special effects are actually, as we get better with them, uh, it's only going that's, only, that aspect specifically will only get better.
0: Yeah. now I'm excited to see more. Cool. Cool. Um, so I'm going to try to ask this in not a loaded way, but, uh, <laughs> so if somebody shows up to the game and they maybe aren't that invested into the lore, um, in the specific plot, um, do you think that's, um, their loss or that's kind of a. Not a great way to come mindset to have or um, like, I guess, because I can imagine people show up and they're like, yeah, I just want to LARP and play a game and kill some goblins and get some loot. Um, Not saying to judge one way or the other, but um, I think when I was in the first event I went to, when I was like really paying attention to what was going on and seeing how all the storylines connected, I got a lot more out of it, I guess is what I was what I'm getting at. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, no, that's not a loaded question. That's a really good question. Um, I think that, um, we are absolutely 100 I a narrative focus game. And I think as you would get the most enjoyment, um, getting involved in the plot line. But if you have fun just putting on a bunch of armor and hitting things, Mm -hmm. I think you're also just going to be able to find that you're also going to have fun because we have really cool, unique monsters that you can just hit with a proper weapon. (laughs) Um, I uh, will never dissuade people from coming to the game if they have their own way of having fun.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, as long as it's not at the detriment of other players around you, mm-hmm. um, which is not common, um, then I think that if you're not super invested in the storyline, there are always the people who are. And you, we're not people who start out that way, may see everyone around them becoming invested in the story. And they're like, well, maybe I want to get involved in that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You, you're only going to get involved as much as you want to get involved, which is totally cool. Uh, But, I mean, I'm totally cool with people coming. Like, I just want to kill cool monsters. And that's totally their thing. And that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. uh, Because we have cool monsters for you to hit. (laughs)
0: Cool. No, I think that answered my question perfectly. So, I think I sometimes, I'm I'm pretty laxed and casual, I guess, as far as it goes, as far as staying in character and role-playing all the time. Um, Part of it's personality. Part of it's, it's a lot easier to, you know, not have to think about what I'm trying to say. Like, I know I overthink it, which I'm going to work on. Um, but that—that's just—that's also how we played, you know, D and D growing up. Oh. We laughed and made a lot of out-of-game jokes, and you know, of our three-hour session, we probably spent an hour of it actually playing and two hours of it goofing around. Yeah, um, those times. So, so I, I always just hope I don't, you know, I'm not taking away from somebody who's like taking it more serious or, you know, prefers to just stay in character the whole time. Like, that's totally cool, mm-hmm. and I actually, you know. I respect that and um, the people who pull off staying in character and role playing the whole time. Like Mm -hmm. that's impressive to me. Um,
1: I I think that um, our player base is like, is super welcoming to a lot of styles and they're not the type of people that's like, well, they're rooting by fun. Okay. If anything, they're going to try and want to get people more involved. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very rare, and I, I, I'm just talking up our game, but just, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as, a, as a gamer, I, I see the people that have, have, have play our game, and it makes me really humbled, because um, as someone who was a new player at games before, I've I felt out of place, mm-hmm. um, and not invested. Oh, totally. Um, but um, I don't know if you can maybe back this up, because you were a new player, but I've seen new players come to our game, and they go, hey, you there, you're new, what's your name, what do you do, come help us, this is what's going on. Um, they, they explain what's going on. They're like, no, we need more people. We need all the help we can get. And we found there's a lot of people who are new players who have now super become invested in the story. Hmm. Um, and we're the type of people that want to rope in those new players. Cause we, we, we have all been a new player at one point. Right. And we have all been new and lost and c- scared and confused. And we want to make sure that no one feels that way. We want to make sure everybody feels included. Yeah. Uh, but if, at their own pace, of course.
0: Mm-hmm. Now we definitely felt um, included. So, It was our first event for Frontier Dawn specifically. Um, My brother, me my brother, our friend from high school and my brother's girlfriend, who that was her first LARP experience ever. Um, So she'd be a good one to ask. But yeah, no, we definitely felt very included. Everybody never once did I feel like anyone was like annoyed or, you know. Nobody minded having to explain something because they got reckon- they got used to seeing that blank stare of like <laughs> I don't know what that affect us. <laughs>
1: uh, no, yeah, now people are good with it too. They're like, "What is that again?" And like all the NPCs don't have any issue playing, because new rule system. No one's ever going to get it the first time.
0: Uh, that's true too. Yeah, it's a good time to be a new player because everybody's pretty new to this.
1: Uh, yeah, and I think that even as the game progresses, we like. Like I guess I'm not trying to just you know hype up our player base, but it's kind of true. Like they're just really inclusive players, mm-hmm. and uh, like I, I just really am, am, am blessed to have them be a part of the experience. And, and, and they get to pl- we get to watch them you know be awesome
3: because
1: mm-hmm. um, they really are like super inclusive. I've, I've always like I'm always see I'm never seeing like people like they're not very clickish, which is kind of unique and cool. Um, I usually, they're all huddled together. Mm-hmm. Like when it's high cheese with the bobbins, you see literally everybody at the table eating cheese and just having have a good time together. Which is which is awesome that it kind of just happened that way, and it's awesome because that's what we intended. It's, that's the kind of culture and atmosphere that we wanted people to to be involved in. Because we always want, because as we are a nonprofit who's trying to give back to the community, we also want this to be a pa- place where everybody feels included as they should be.
0: Yeah,
1: and everyone feels welcome.
0: Totally. Yeah, it wasn't just staff. It was everybody playing was. Super helpful and super inclusive and yeah, it was a great time. (laughs) Cool. Cool. Well, uh, anything else I haven't asked that you wanted to share, um, especially regarding, you know, lore and plot, but really anything.
1: Huh? You see, that's a loaded question too. (laughs) Um, all I can say is that if you're, you're on the fence about giving the game a try, I totally would. Um, not just because as, as as a staff member, but as as a member of the the, the gaming community, the LARP community, mm-hmm. um, I feel like this is a very good game. If you're never LARP before, or you've been LARP in twenty five years, I feel like that's just we just that kind of community. Um, we've really created an amazing community of people that are just super inclusive, super amazing, um, super welcome to anybody. Um, and I think that you'll find something for everybody here. Uh, we we do tend to be more on, straight towards more of the hor- horror side sometimes, um, but that's just because that's what everybody likes. We kind of mold it to what the players kind of enjoy, and that seems what they enjoy.
3: Hmm.
1: Um, but there there is something for everything, er- something for everyone that I can say um, for Frontier Dawn, and uh, I think that if you want a really uh, well crafted, put together story that has a lot of heartbreaking twists and turns. And a lot of cool, like, whoa, what the hell moments, um, you're going to get it. And because I think it comes with, this is not just one person's vision.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, You have a lot of different viewpoints and a lot of different um, cooks in the soup, per se. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it came out to be like, so a good example is like, do you, have you ever heard of like Hot Pot? I don't think so. Right, so Hot Pot's like where you go to a place and you get a bunch of ingredients and you get to make your own soup. Okay. And everyone puts it in. So the, we our soup is Frontier Dawn and we had a lot of different people put it different different flavors and different ingredients into it. And I think that that community effort has made it to be the unique game that it is. And I think that shows. And I think that's really cool. And I think that our biggest, one of our biggest cool... Also, besides, and it's actually our biggest, is that when you go and pay the money, you know that it's not going to someone to go pay bills or something like that. Mm-hmm. We are there to benefit a charity and do good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we don't just have um, LARP. So, like, we have uh, we have Frontier Dawn. I have, we have My Game Weird. We have um, some small power games we're working on, uh, like Arcanum, which is a once-a-year thing. Um, but we do a lot of community things. Like we have um, – I'll plug it yeah, September 30th at Pine Hill Scout Camp. We have Hark, which is a children's renaissance fair, and that raises money for um, Autism New Jersey. Um, that's one of our biggest things. And then we have a few bigger projects that we have – or not bigger, but similar projects that are non, um, non-LARP-related coming up in the pile, uh, pipeline. Uh, like we want to do like a cool murder mystery um, – thing. We want to do a board game um, night where like we have <clears throat> a bunch of D D games that kinda of interconnected plot with like one big game at the end that everybody plays that has like the big culmination of the plot. We want to have like a cool like gay where we have like um war gaming where the those are in a shared campaign kind of thing. We want to like we want to make sure that we are servicing more than just the LARP community. Um yeah. so that's another thing I would say. And then um I'm gonna do a shameless self promotion too. Uh my game is weird we're going to be running a beta test soon and that is a uh, a post-apocalyptic game and the best way i can say is it is post-apocalyptic but um there are a lot of facets to it um the world is kind of like stretching apart the seams reality wise um there's a force called the weird that is kind of like influencing the way the world works um there's a lot of, it's 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 like if Mad Max and like Lovecraft and a whole bunch of other things had some weird, strange baby. Not to make a pun, um, <laughs> we're currently doing a, a crowdfunding effort to try and get our first camp down, things like that. And our charity that we are benefiting is called the Allie Forney uh, Center, and that is a place where um, LGBTQ teens who have found themselves homeless can get shelter. Um and aid and possibly um, find homes for them and things like that. So that's that's my the charity that I chose for the first few free events for that. Um. So um the current w- website's down for that because I'm actually working on it. Um. Uh, but um you can find us our Facebook group is uh, Perdition Weird LARP and Weird LARP is our Facebook page. Um. And if you are listening to this and you don't know about Frontier Dawn, uh frontierdawnlarp.com is our is our website. And uh, if you just type in Frontier Dawn, you'll find our Facebook group. And our September event is coming up. It is uh, September 22nd to the 24th, and it is called Black Sales and the Mad Queen, and it is going to be cool. <laughs> I can guarantee that. So, um, I just want to say, and I just want to say thank you for doing this because it's a really cool.
0: Oh, my opportunity pleasure.
1: for us to all tell our story, um, because as you, as you get more pieces of the puzzle to EPP API and Joe um, our community, you see that the community. Um, people sometimes just see a lot of the bad about the community or any community. Um, but the LARP community is one that it's <clears throat> super strong, um, and super inclusive and super, um, helping to a lot of people. I know that I've heard a lot of stories in mine included where LARPing has kind of saved them. Like there are times where I've had really bad times where I go, where I've gone to a LARP event and I feel at home like it's family. So, um, being able to give back back to the community is awesome. And just give a shout out to everybody involved in that community, whether you're at Frontier Dawn or you're another LARP, they're all awesome. So
0: that's perfect. That was, uh, cool. you just answered, I think the last three questions I had. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. No, that's perfect. Very cool. Well, thanks for your time, Peter. No, thank you. Alrighty. Thanks again, Peter, for talking with us about lore and a little bit about Frontier Dawn. It's pretty interesting stuff, huh?
2: yeah uh, I liked a lot of the uh, racial things he got into you know they spent a lot of time uh, fleshing out all those races and kingdoms and everything so it's impressive all the work they put into this you know
0: yeah and that's um, that's one of the cool things about lore is when it's done well it's as you said it's a nice treat for players um, it's just kind of more of the stuff they love about fantasy worlds and Uh, role-playing and all that stuff
2: yeah and i think not everyone gets into it but if they don't they're really missing out on a pretty fun aspect of the game yeah all
0: right well thanks for listening and hope you enjoyed we are still working out the kinks as we get started as far as a schedule and even website social media all that stuff but uh we appreciate your listenership and be sure to join us we're going to keep talking to some more people from frontier dawn and All the cool stories they have about LARPing and playing together as a community. (laughs) I'm going to sign off. Three, two, one layoff. Is that a thing? Hold!